Welcome to Bodcast, the business of dentistry podcast, brought to you by Practice Plan. Bodcast delivers the best business advice, real life stories, and practical hints and tips to make your practice a more profitable and sustainable business. And now, here's your host. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Bodcast. My name's Fern Lloyd, and I'm from Practice Plan. And today, I'm delighted to be joined with Dr. Ritesh Agarwal. Hello, Ritesh. Hi, Fern. How are you doing? Hi, not too bad, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Good, good. Not too bad at all. Oh, good. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, so would you like to tell us a bit about yourself for the listeners, uh, a bit about your background? OK. Um, so my name's Ricky. Um, I'm from Liverpool originally, but I live in Sheffield. Um, I qualified as a dentist in 1999. Um, it's probably pretty ancient now. Um, and uh, I own my own private practice in Edge in Sheffield. Um, really small, tiny, one surgery private practice um, in Sheffield. So, yeah, I've been a general dental practitioner for over 20 years. Um, also been a foundation dental trainer in the past um, as well. And uh, I also own a mental health company called Synergy Mental Health. Amazing. So uh, wh- when did you start um, Synergy Mental Health? Um, we started it in officially in October 2019. I had a couple of ideas around mental health prior to that that I worked on. Um, and I took those ideas forward along with uh, my co-founder, um, Dr. Daniel Carger. Um, and we formed Synergy in October 2019. Amazing. So what, what inspired you then to start this um, mental health organisation? Um, one of the biggest things or the ultimate driver of starting it was, I feel as though mental health is very poorly assessed um, and it hasn't really advanced over probably three decades. Um, it's still assessed subjectively. It's still assessed um, very much reliant upon the end patient user, whatever you want to call them, uh, being honest in their approaches to the questions um and some of the questions are quite hard and they're hard to be honest to um so it's all based on subjectivity and that's something quite alien to us in dentistry we we base a lot of things on subjectivity and objectivity so we do special tests or take x-rays to help us diagnose things and i always find that a bit strange with mental health and the other major driver for it as well is that dentistry is all about prevention we base our entire um, patient care around prevention, long-term strategies. One thing I've noticed with mental health is, is that people um, people tend to go and seek attention or care when they have a problem. Um, that's not prevention. So I wanted to bring a whole different assessment approach and a preventative approach towards mental health. So that's probably the main driver behind it. Yeah, and and I suppose being a, a practice owner and a principal dentist, you'll you'll know firsthand that some of the stresses that um, dental practices and dentists can go go through. Uh, what, why is it so important that dentists are looking after their mental health in the workplace? That's huge. I mean, you know, not only just dentists, but anyone, any workplace, workplace culture needs to have a huge shift towards its people. It needs to be um, very much about its people um, as opposed to 
being completely process driven. Now, dentistry is a very process driven um, industry um, and we know reasons why we have to do it. Um, but like you say, the stresses and strains that are put upon dentists and dental practices are huge. It's one of the only industries whereby in majority of cases, the dentist is a full time dentist and a full time business manager um, with no business training as well there's no business training through dental school and um, yeah. you just sort of got to crack on and see how it goes and, and and hope it works out sort of thing and and you know the majority of us make a success of that but then there is times and i've been through these times where it's been a complete failure and you've made some real bad mistakes and stuff and then that starts to impact on your own mental health and well-being and then you know that can dent your confidence and make you second guess yourself uh, starts to create some insecurities within yourself, but then starts to, which then can lead to a spiral of, of, of leading to poor mental health or man, mental illness. So it's hugely important that we we look to have these conversations, that we look to drive this awareness forward, that we we put tools and um, and things in place to try and promote good mental health and well-being and good workplace culture throughout the entire workplace. It's not just about the dentist. It is about every single member of that team that's in there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and from your experience, then, um, where can dental practices start? You know, to to introduce this well-being and, and looking after the mental health of, of their staff. And um, are there any resources they could be putting in place, or where where could they start? Okay, good question. I mean, there's an absolute plethora of resources available. Um, obviously. I've got a bit of a head start because I own a mental health company. So um, we've created some products that I have uh, implemented within our practice. One of the easiest ways to start is, 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 is to open the conversation up. Not everyone is going to get on board straight away. And we understand that. But having it, having it part of your routine. So whenever you have your weekly or fortnightly or monthly practice meetings, go through your health and safety issues and bring mental health to the front of that straight away that's a great starter for 10 and um, we we talk about um uh, openness and and you know has anyone got any issues that they want to discuss and and, and and we discuss that openly within our practice um during our staff meetings and um, but like i say I'm, I'm at a fortunate position because um we've built over time this open culture that allows us to do that but um a great start is to put it just really simply on the agenda of a mental uh, a, mental health on the agenda of your staff meeting you'll probably get no one starting straight away and you're sitting there like mm. and therefore then you you start the conversation or the or the person who's leading the practice meeting start the conversation and say okay this is what i've gone through this week or this is what's you know affected me or whatever it may be um, and and you, you know when we talk about mental health we automatically have a negative connotation to it we can talk about things that make us feel good as well that promotes positive mental health. It allows others to understand what makes us feel good. And therefore, hopefully, we'll get more of that within the practice um, yeah. for each other. So, um, you know, we shouldn't just look at it as as all about, oh, well, I'm feeling sad or down or, or bad about this. And um, we should look at the good parts of mental health as well, which is leading all towards that preventative approach that we talked about. In terms of resources, um, you know, we started off when, when when we first started the company, Synergy Mental Health. We looked at a lot of resources, and one of the one of the biggest sources is just the NHS website. It's really really good. It got updated in around about October November nineteen, and the resources are really nice. 
Um, since then, we, 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 we create, we have four products of Synergy. And one of the one of the products that we have is, is a mental health strategy. So it's an it's it's an entire e-document based around health and safety uh, stress management, based around thriving at work documents, um, and based around the new international standards called ISO 45003, which is about psychological stress at work. And it's all about um, how to implement a mental health strategy within your workplace, how you can promote uh, mental health awareness, understanding mental health, how people can um, understand aspects of depression and what to do and how they can help themselves. Because a lot of self-help strategies will start to make a difference um, within the practice. So we implemented that and we're working through that over the next year. Um, we're creating policies around depression, anxiety and panic. Um, we're, we're, we're creating uh, stress risk assessments based on the HSE management standards. So uh, there really is a ton of information out there that, that, that's available um, to people. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Um, have you found that um, since, you know, the last couple of years, since the pandemic and things like that, uh, practices have been uh, reaching out more or certain types of questions are being asked? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, the you know, the, one of the biggest fallouts apart from financial or economic fallout of the pandemic will be a mental health. We are heading towards a mental health crisis um, for sure. This is very apparent. It's very apparent in government legislation where they are trying to promote mental health and well-being a lot more and trying to put more money towards it. But um, we all need to get on this and, and, and do it. Certainly from a, from a personal point of view, um, during the pandemic, uh, I felt isolated. I felt um like I was losing a bit of control which is hard a lot of dentists are control freaks unfortunately and so we like to be in control we like to know what's happening Um, you know it, it was difficult it was a difficult time keeping a private practice going Um, if patients started to cancel their plans for instance that was always a worry Um, obviously implementing a lot of changes and a lot of COVID safety precautions in the practice uh, has been great and we've, we've gone to town on it but it also comes at an expense along with the spiral and expense of PPE etc so there was lots of worries not just financial but also how do I support my workforce when I'm not seeing them during the first lockdown for instance for three months we couldn't see each other this is great having video technology is fantastic but it's not the same we need we're human beings I firmly believe we need human interaction um so not being able to be there to have that support, have that rapport that we built up over the years um, was difficult for us all. However, there was a lot of positives that came from it again, you know, from, from, from the pandemic. You know, we, I think a lot of us have realised what's important to us, yeah. who is important to us. Um, the realisation of that human interaction and not taking it for granted is massively important. Thankfully, we've come together even closer as a team. Um, since yeah. we've transitioned out of lockdowns, back into lockdowns and out of lockdowns again, we've come together even closer as a team. We, we've worked together. We've found new skill sets. So there's lots of positives that, that we've taken as well from the pandemic. Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, you know, that there is some positives that have come out of it. Um, so, so since starting Synergy Mental Health, would you say it's changed the way that you sort of run, manage your practice then? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, you know, we we developed a a workplace 
survey specifically to dental practices. So um, it's purely a, a, a data insight survey. It, it, it's purely just designed to understand where your where, where areas you're doing well at and where areas that you're not doing so well at. Um, so we run that within the practice. Um, we then discuss the results of those surveys um, at staff meetings. Um, so again, things like this help open up the conversation because you've got quantifiable evidence of what's happening according to the people within your organization. And you can then use that evidence to say, okay, how do we move forward? How do we look at improving this? And we can involve everybody within the team. So um, that's one of the big changes in conjunction with the survey. Um, we use aspects of the mental health strategy that we spoke about to try and help drive those scores upwards. Um, so that's, that, that's a big thing. A couple of things I've worked on personally um, is trying to be less of a micromanager okay, so yeah since understanding more about mental health um i i felt as though you should lead from the front and that you should show people that you're doing things and working really hard and whatever but there is aspects of that that are negative shall we say and that do lead into a bit of micromanagement and then that might lead to undermining some of your staff members so i've been working on myself personally on on this not sure how far I've got with it, like, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, um, you know, so I'm trying to give even more autonomy to my staff members, um, which has been great from my own personal perspective, because I feel as though I've lifted my workload a little bit. And yeah. I think quite often as dentists, we, we, we feel as though we have to do everything. And the other big thing that I'm trying to work on as well with me personally is uh, perfectionism very nature of our job you know we will we will do it to the best of our ability and if it falls slightly short we don't look at the 99 percent of it that's really good we look at that one percent and go oh i could have done that better and we beat ourselves up over it and i'm trying to let that go not just within my work that i'm doing from a dental perspective not that i want to churn out sub quality work not at all but i've got to recognize the fact that i'm a human being and um, we tend to be working in a lot of PPE, which has its bearing on things now as well. No. And we've got to, we've got to, I'm sort of trying to work on the fact that, okay, it's not perfect, but it's also still very good. Yeah. And then I translate that through to the ways that my staff members do things. So they might not do it the same way I wanted it doing. However, it's still very, very good what's being done. It just might be different to the way that I've gone to approach it. And so I'm sort of working on accepting that more as opposed to trying to get things exactly the way that we want within the practice, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely some good um, examples and tips in there that, you know, all, all workplaces um, can start implementing. Um, so finally, my, my last question, if there's anyone out there, you know, a dentist that might be struggling with their mental health or or a staff member with their well-being, what would your advice be? Uh, where you know where where could they go? And um, my biggest and best bit of advice is talk to somebody. And I'm don't it doesn't necessarily have to be a professional, a trained counsellor, a psychotherapist. It doesn't necessarily necessarily have to be paid for. But talk to somebody. You know, we don't talk enough. There's too much shame guilt um things that put up barriers to us um 
talking about mental health and by keeping things inside and not opening up and not asking for help. The biggest misnomer and the biggest barrier is that people feel as though it's weak to ask for help. In fact, it's the exact opposite. To be strong enough to admit that things are not going so good and to be strong enough to to say, you know what, I need a bit of help here or I just need someone to listen. Um, that takes some serious inner courage. And that would be the biggest thing I would suggest is, is for people to talk. And the other big thing in how you can help somebody is ask them. Don't just ask them once. Ask them twice. Ask them three times. You might be bugging them, but you care. And if you genuinely care and that person knows you care, they know you're asking because you care. You know, I'm not saying pester someone, but I'm saying that it's very easy to ask someone and everyone go, nah, I'm just fine. Because that's the standard answer, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. But the more we can try and promote and open these conversations and have these conversations and be there to support each other. And, and that's what's so important about having a mental health and well-being strategy within your practice or your workplace is it's about empowering everybody to support each other. It's not just the responsibility of the leader or the owner of the organisation to support mental health within that organisation. It's the responsibility of everyone who walks through that door to support the mental health of each other. Um, and I think if we can get that culture that cascades out and goes across every team member, I think you'll start to create really mentally healthy workplaces that will really start to thrive and productivity will increase, uh, which will have massive benefits on practices, not just in bottom line, but also on on happiness and wellness within the environment. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Some some great advice in there. And uh, so if there's anyone out there listening and, and they wanted to get in touch or, you know, have a look at Synergy Mental Health, where, where would they go? Yeah, if you go to uh, www.synergy with a P in front, so it's P-S-Y, n-e-r-g-y synergymentalhealth.com and you can email me at ritesh at synergymentalhealth.com if anyone wants us to look at providing mental health strategies for their practices or workplace uh, dental workplace or um, uh, work wellness surveys and just get in touch with me and i'm more than happy to sit have a chat with anyone and if anyone wants just any help in general just give me a shout no problems at all um, you can email us on info at synergymentalhealth.com as well. Amazing. Oh, no, thank you very much, Ritesh. It's been great speaking with you today. Thank you. No, no, thanks so much. And thanks to Practice Plan for the opportunity to talk about mental health and wellness.